We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Man, these are easier to do after a win. Timberwolves 102, New York Knicks 101, and just a messy but effective close to that game. If you missed this one, the last minute of the game was just chaos, ending with a weird jump ball thing that was, I guess, called a timeout. That ultimately led to an R.J. Barrett isolation that he missed. It was enough for a Timberwolves win, and we'll eventually get into how that one all closed down. I had to go back and rewatch the last, like, four minutes to even figure out what the hell was going on. But I think the real story of this game was that I feel like for the first time this year, the team's four best players in that game all played well in the same game. I mean, has that has that happened this year? <laughs> I, I don't think so. It's always been like scattershot. You know, Cat and Beasley play well, but Edwards doesn't. Or Ant has a big one, but Cat's shot isn't falling. Or Cat and Ant are going off and no one else has a pulse. I mean, the hierarchy of who the best players on the roster are in a given game, like that has shuffled over the course of the season with guys in and out of the lineup and different players in different roles. But Tonight, we came into the game knowing that the four best players were Cat, Ant, Beasley, and McDaniels. And all four of them, they delivered. I mean, it, it, it wasn't necessarily insane, insane stat lines from all of them. I mean, Cat had only 18 tonight, but he pulled in 17 boards against a Knicks team that loves to attack the glass. And, you know, Cat also checked Barrett on that final possession of the game, and he, he did a good job. I mean, he contested the shot, and, and Barrett missed it. Beasley, I mean, he he regained his form, knocked off some rust. He had 20 tonight and hit five of the eight threes he took, including a huge one, you know, down the stretch on a kickout for Ant that we'll we'll get into here in a little bit. 
And then Ant, you know, he hit that extra gear in the fourth quarter again, like he did against the Nets on Monday. Big steals down the stretch that led to run-out dunks. You know, he was attacking the rim, collapsing the defense. I mean, he, Edwards ratcheted up when they needed him. He had 24 points tonight, three blocks, three steals. It was only two of seven from three, but seven of nine from two, attacking the rim all night. And the fourth guy was Jaden McDaniels. I mean, man, Jaden McDaniels, high, high level two-way play. He had 14 points in the first half and finished with 18 on the night. But it was it was his defense, defense on Julius Randle. That was if you haven't watched the Knicks much this year, like Julius Randle is good. Julius Randle is a threat, and he is extremely difficult to defend in isolation. And and McDaniel's handled him. I mean, it was a lot like what he showed against Luca and Harden in the past week. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to classify how better, how good it was by McDaniel's better than you know what Chris Finch had to say about him after the game because Chris Finch is that guy where he's cautious with his praise and when he delivers it, you know, it, it matters and and he didn't hold back tonight when he was talking about Jaden McDaniel's. We ask you a lot about Jaden, but not only those two threes that got the offense going, but he just being able to kind of stand up to Randall a little bit as well and give you something on both ends. I mean, what are you just seeing from him growing up before your eyes here? What he's doing at the defensive end of the floor right now is special. It's as special as a diamond finishing at the rim. It's as special as the stuff you're seeing Ant doing on offense. It's as special as anything you've seen. I don't, I can't remember a 19 year old defender rookie coming in, having this type of impact, battling the multitude of positions and making a great impact for his team and his teammates. Finch is kind of like Tibbs in a way. Like, I, I remember you know, covering Tibbs for, for two years, and it always struck me when Tibbs gave real and direct praise to someone because, you know, when, when that happened, I knew that that player that he was talking about was having a direct impact positively on the game plan, and that's what Finch did there, you know, talking about McDaniels. That is a different type of praise than the type of praise he often gives Ant. You know, he doesn't take anything away from Ant when Ant plays well, but when he's talking about Ant being special, you know, Finch is referring to the special player Edwards is going to become. But like this tonight was Finch describing McDaniels as a special player now. You know, real coach praise comes when a player is doing something guess profound that impacts winning in a positive way and McDaniels does that I mean it's been it's been a slow drip kind of adding to the bag this season but the the things McDaniels has brought all year they've positively impacted winning for this team and we all I mean I know plus minus is a flawed stat but you kind of look at it over the course of the season and it can highlight impact right as we as we really add minutes to the pile Jaden McDaniels has played in 41 games this year 33 of those games, the Wolves have lost. Yet the Timberwolves have only been outscored by a total of 20 points in the 885 minutes McDaniels has been on the floor this year. That is an outlier. I mean, contrast those 885 minutes by McDaniels against Malik Beasley, who's played 1,185 minutes this year. Malik's been good. Well, when Malik's been on the floor, the Wolves have been outscored by 179. Maybe Nas Reed is a better example. You know, played a lot in the second unit. Nas has played 878 minutes this season, seven less than McDaniels. 
and the Wolves have been outscored by 220 points in those minutes Nas has played. And I don't even mean that as a rip on Nas or on Beasley. I could go down the list. I mean, I could I could pick out a, a different player. Those are just those numbers. That plus minus is reflective of players who play for a team that is 12 and 36. McDaniel's isn't. I mean, the reason the score with McDaniel's on the floor is 200 points better this year when he's on there compared to when Nas is out there is in large part due to the fact that McDaniel's consistently contributes to winning basketball, almost regardless of what he's surrounded by. McDaniel's plays the best defense on the team. And, you know, particularly within the context of this roster, I mean, that moves the needle. The Wolves' defensive rating this season overall is 114.1. That's good for the 27th-ranked defense in the NBA, the fourth worst. When McDaniels is on the floor, their defensive rating is 109.2. The Miami Heat are the number six defense in the entire league, and their their number is 109.1. Obviously, there's some context involved in all this, but it's not ridiculous to say that the Wolves are play defense at a top 10 level when McDaniels is on the floor. And the Timberwolves, that, that's saying a lot. A lot of Jaden's defensive impact is due to his length and athleticism, and those are, those are good skills. But there is also there's a mental part here, too, where, I mean, you're watching it. McDaniels has a little bit of crazy in him, and in a good way. and Because without that, you know, six foot 980 pound kid I mean that length and athleticism only takes you so far I mean you can't you can't do what he's done against Harden and Luca and Randall tonight without having a mentality that you know kind of makes you believe that you can do it and I asked I asked McDaniels about that after the game Jaden it kind of sounds bad to say somebody has a mean streak but it, it feels that you when you play you play with the mean streak and that it is kind of critical to your success out there would you say that's fair to say like, what do you mean by like mean streak like 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 a good anger oh yeah huh? i would say that like just i would say just being just being passionate about the game and then just i think it's just like the mindset i have like kind of straight face but i'm happy all the time <laughs> It just seems like, yeah, it seems like we, we, we talk to you here and you're almost a different person, like, like on the floor. Like there's, there's two versions of yeah. you. You just kind of click something on. Yeah, I would say it's to me. Just being in the game, it'd be so intense. I'd be so locked in. It's just really no time to smile until after we win. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's hard not to like almost everything you've seen from this kid, man. The defense is there. The approach is there. And I – I don't want to brush over the offense either. McDaniels is doing it offensively, and it kind of fits in this nice little low-usage offensive role. He became a starter five games ago. He started like one or two games before that, but consistently became a starter five games ago. And in those five games, McDaniels is 15 of 24 from two. That's 63%. And shooting 12 of 23 from three. That's 52%. Again, he's already a meaningfully positive player on both sides of the ball. Not in a massive role, but in a low-usage, impactful role for a rookie. That, that matters. The other rookie also spoke post-game. A little more, um, a little more energy. <laughs> and, uh, and actually did his post-game media session with Malik Beasley. Uh, 
those two kind of talked about the close of this game and also just what they feel this team can be once everyone is back together on the floor. And uh, yeah, we'll get to Malik and Ant here after a quick break. up everybody pausing the pod to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor blue wire podcasts if you're looking to start a show i can tell you from my experience that there's no better place to host than blue wire hustle hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level to get it out there if you don't know where to start hustle is the perfect place for you as part of the program you will receive personal cover art q a's with blue wires top podcasters access to our community discourse and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. The best part is you can get this all for just $15 a month. That is the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listen to me talk about the Wolves, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com. Dot com slash All right, let's talk about the end of that game quickly before we get to Malik and Ant. It was the last five minutes was a cluster. I just rewatched the fourth quarter and it was a fourth that the Wolves, they were down by 11 coming into the quarter and they really kind of started rolling midway through the fourth when they started. They had a, a group of like two or three bench guys in there um, with Cat and they went on this little 7-0 run. Um, that started with a cat and Jalen Noel pick and pop. Cat made the three. Next possession, Anthony Edwards gets a pick six um, for a, dunk, a run out dunk. Next play, Rubio gets a nice little strip off of Alfred Payton's leg. And Wolves get the ball. Cat gets a bucket in the post. And all of a sudden, it's a two point game 92 94 with four and a half minutes to go. Wolves are down two. And that's where Finch actually took a timeout to be able to put in his closing lineup where he brought. Malik Beasley and Ricky Rubio back in the game. So the closing lineup was the starters. And thank God we are just actually at this point where these are the starters and the closers. I mean, Cat at the five, McDaniels at the four, and then Edwards, Beasley, and Rubio rounded out the five. And in that group, they out-executed the Knicks closers down the stretch. It was it was a lot of Anthony Edwards versus Julius Randle um, down the rest of the way. I'm just going to kind of run through my notes of what, what happened here. So it started slow, first possession. Uh, Wolves get a shot clock violation uh, when Edwards airballs <laughs> a mid-range jumper. Rough start, but they go down defensively, and Malik Beasley gets a big block. Um, it goes out of bounds, and so Knicks get the ball back, and Julius Randle isolates once he gets a switch on Anthony Edwards, and he scores. They just went Randle over and over again. Uh, the next possession is, is a kick out to Jaden McDaniels in the corner. Looks like he gets fouled. But he misses the three, and Ant, you know, makes a big, a big time play. Another offensive rebound tips the ball in, and yeah, gets the buck for two points. Next possession again, uh, Julius Randle he isolates on McDaniel's and hits a fadeaway. Next possession, Beasley takes a miss mid range pull up. Um, Randle goes down, he misses an isolation. Next possession is when it starts being all Ant. He attacks the basket, gets fouled, makes one of his two free throws. Again, next possession for the Knicks, miss on a Julius Randle isolation. Wolves' possession is a nice cat and ant, high pick and roll. Ant drives to the bucket, gets a, gets a layup at the, at the rim. 
And uh, and then as the as the Knicks went back and they had the ball, um, Taj Gibson just started playing out of his mind, getting everything. He grabs a loose ball, goes up with it, gets fouled, makes a free throw. Ant, Ant attacks. He scores again, and now here we are. Uh, 56 seconds left in the game, and the the Knicks have the ball. They score it. They're up 101-99, where this was the big play. This was actually the last bucket of the game with 38 seconds left. Ant drives to the basket, gets double teamed. He kicks to Beasley. If you haven't seen this play, um, Malik hits a big shot, puts the Wolves up 102-101, again, coming back from what was 11-point deficit to start the quarter. And really, um, this is when things got a little bit chaotic. Uh, Ant stripped the ball off of R.J. Barrett, and uh, actually the Wolves got the ball. They weren't able to do anything with it because Beasley starts dribbling up the floor and dribbles it off his foot or something. It was a bad turnover that felt like the beginning of the season. So the Knicks have the ball. Again, they're down by one. Julius Randle isolates on McDaniels again, and uh, Randle misses it. Cat gets the board, and then another just bad turnover by Cat. He tries to pass it to Malik, like, right through his legs, and it's a nightmare. The Knicks have the ball. Five seconds left. Uh, they call a timeout, and it's a it's an R.J. Barrett isolation on Cat, and Cat does a good job guarding him, and Barrett misses the shot. So the 102-101, that was enough for the Wolves to, to pull it out. It was a little bit messy, but... It was a lot of ant. It was a lot of defense by McDaniels on Randall, and they they won the game because of it. After the game, Beasley and Edwards, they came. Like I said, they came to do their media together. That was also kind of a cluster <laughs> you'll hear. But those two, they did talk about trusting each other, and um, and Ant went into you know how he was able to find Beasley for that three that ended up proving to be the game-winning shot, putting the Wolves up 102-101. I'll play you two chunks of uh, of Ant and Beasley together because it was, it was kind of fun. Wins are fun. Malik on the, the last shot, just how did it feel to, to go down? And, and kind of what did you see on that play as, as Ant was driving to the hoop? Hey, we're going to do our interview together. Yeah, we're doing ours together. Uh, it was a great pass. He trusted me. He put the team on his back the whole fourth quarter. So we just did it together, man. From now, we do interviews together. Uh, if it's me and Beasley. So, so, Ant, did you, you do that? Did you see him the whole time on that play, or when uh, you tried to throw it to him there? Actually, I didn't. Uh, I told him in the locker room I was about to turn and fade until I seen uh, what's his name number six? What's small guard? Peyton. Peyton came and doubled, and I was like, oh, he crazy. And I seen these in the slot, and I kicked it. And when I kicked it, as you see, I just held my hands up. I just, I knew it was good. I told him. I told him. Uh, we came back, like, just be ready. I'm going to find you. That chemistry. I mean, easier. I, I just sit in the corner and, and let him go. And by the way, he, um, he was um, about 65%. You know what I'm saying? I mean. You had a couple steals there in the fourth quarter. Uh, it looked like you snuck up on a few times there. Uh, you're kind of developing this little knack for, for getting steals when people aren't expecting it. One of them was uh, unexpected, but the other one, what you what you mean? Don't give me my credit. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm giving you credit. I mean, they're, they're smart uh, plays. The other one, I played safety. The other one, I was just acting like I ain't know what was going on, and I shot the gap. But one of them, I just ran from behind him. But the second one, though, I, I, I knew he was going to throw it there. 
There you go. Two buddies, Atlanta, right? It's crazy. It's crazy how we went into this season thinking like the identity of the Wolves was was Cat and D'Lo. And obviously, you know, many factors have made it so that couldn't really play out. And now, you know, with Ant and Beasley taking really a lot bigger roles this season than we probably anticipated, a little subplot is this Ant-Beasley duo thing. I mean, you wouldn't have thought that a late March win um, would have come from Anthony Edwards and Malik Beasley leading the Wolves in scoring in a game where, you know, Cat also played. But 2021, here we are. Um, you know, equally obvious is the fact that the Wolves, you know, they need more than, you know, Ant and Beasley to be good. They need to fuse those two identities together. They, it needs to be about Ant and Bees, and they need to also build on top of that with whatever the Cat and D'Lo pairing, you know, proves to be. Whatever this team is building clearly has to be, you know, about all four of them. Malik likes to say that Rome wasn't built in a day. And, I mean, the Wolves are 12 and 36, so Rome is clearly still under construction. But it was kind of cool to hear the two um, talk about what it might look like once all the pieces are in place. And that was that was my question for the two of those guys after the game. Malik, you... You've talked since you got here uh, about being a leader on this team, and, and you've talked also, you kind of preach patience, right? You said, like, Rome isn't built in a day, right? And what, what role do you feel that Anthony plays in that building of Rome, of what you guys are putting together here? The copy, the whole thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a huge part of our team. Uh, like I said, on the defensive end, uh, scoring the ball, playmaking, making the right plays, uh, no matter how young he is, he's you're still a leader, and then you got leaders in different ways. You know, I, I lead by, you know, by example, by working hard and doing that. And so we, we all take each other's, you know, leadership and put it together. And how do you feel about Rome getting built? I mean, it, it's it's it definitely, yeah, it definitely, it definitely takes time. I mean, and we haven't played with everybody yet. You know what I'm saying? Like D'Lo comes back soon, I think. Cat um, just got back uh, not too long ago, I so Bees just got back. So you know what I'm saying? We just. We haven't been able to gel and get that feeling for each other. Like, you know what I'm saying? When Cat, when Cat, D'Lo, Bees, and myself, we all play on the same at the same time. Like they like to double cat, but if D'Lo and Bees in the game, they can't really double cat because we got two knockdown shooters. And they can't overhelp on me because I like to get to the rim because I got three knockdown shooters. Like, and my shot is gonna come, you know, I'm gonna build it. Uh I'm gonna get better shoots and they ain't gonna be able to double nobody. But right now it's just them three. You know what I'm saying? Uh we all played our strengths and we just try to make each other uh, the best version of ourselves that we can. Look out. Look out. Look out. <laughs> yes, they are still 12 and 36. Even with the win tonight, they still have the least wins in the league. They're behind Houston and Detroit, who both have 13 wins. And they have the most losses in the league, also behind Houston and Detroit, who only have 34 losses. But there are 22 games left. And whatever, you know, Ant is describing there is going to get a chance to play here soon. And, you know, he brings up Cat getting, getting doubled. And that is really where this all starts. It's why it's why the Wolves have one of the worst offenses in the league. They're not, they have not been able to maximize Cat. I mean, Cat hasn't quite shot it at his normal clip. And in the post, he hasn't been as effective this year. That's in large part due to the fact that you know, he's been getting doubled. 
according to Synergy, Cat has posted up 226 times this year and on possessions that have either led to a, a shot from Cat out of the post, him getting fouled, him turning it over, or him passing. 226 of those. On 94 of those possessions, he has been what Synergy deems a hard double. Two defensive players you know, commit to him on the post. On those hard doubles, out of 94 of them, you know, Cat has only been able to force a shot through 24 of those. And an additional eight times he's turned it over. The other 62 times he's had to pass out of those double teams because, you know, that's the right move and that should be money, right? You got two guys down in the post. You should be able to swing, swing, and it should be easy, clean looks for an open three or a cut or something. But for the Wolves, it isn't. I mean, those pass outs have only generated 1.097 points per possession this year, again, according to Synergy. Now compare that to Nikola Jokic, who has passed out of 95 hard double teams this year. And when he does that, Denver scores 1.547 points per possession. Cat is 1097. That's a massive, massive difference. The only players in the league who have passed out of more double teams this year than Cat are Jokic, Julius Randle, and Nikola Vucevic. And think about that. That's just total volume. Cat has missed a ton of games this year. And the only reason he's barely behind Jokic, Randall, and Vucevic is because those guys have all played almost 20 games more than Cat has. And the Wolves' offense needs to get Cat more single coverage in those post-up situations, period. And the only way they do that is by being a threat to make shots around him. I mean, this is obviously this is just me using fancy stats of to say what we know. The Wolves need to have shooters around Cat. Ant's right. That should be coming. I mean, it's a total game changer if, you know, the presence of Beasley, D'Lo, Edwards, and, and McDaniels around Cat lead to more single coverage isolation situations for Cat. For I mean, other than Edwards, who Edwards, he said he's still building his shot. I mean, those dudes are all knockdown shooters. And there's, there is a legitimate reason to be excited about that lineup. D'Lo just has to get back. And that won't be on Friday, the Wolves' next game against the Grizzlies. Finch said yesterday that D'Lo is still a week or so away. Um, so don't know exactly. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that means next Wednesday against the Pacers. I'm not. I'm not counting anything. I'm gonna. I'll believe it. Believe it when I see it. Either way, I will be back Friday night after that Grizzlies game to see if the Timberwolves can do what they have not been able to do since I, I think Christmas. Right? That was the last time they won two games in a row. I think that's a stat. I don't know. Well, well I'll, if it happens on Friday, I'll look it up. I will talk to you then. Um, have a good rest of your week. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah.